stay up to date and engage with the financial world. You're listening to the Wall Street Millennial Podcast. It's no secret that Chinese stocks have not been doing great for the past couple years. The CQQQ Chinese Technology ETF has declined by 60% since speaking in February of 2021. One of the biggest reasons for this underperformance is fears around Chinese companies being delisted from U.S. exchanges. China and the U.S. have had a long-standing dispute related to accounting oversight of U.S.-listed Chinese stocks, which has escalated substantially over the past two years. In 2021, the Chinese ride-hailing company Didi listed on the New York Stock Exchange. It quickly came under pressure from regulators in both countries and was forced to delist. It now trades on the -the over-the-counter markets, and its share price has fallen by more than 80%. And it's not just Didi. As of a few weeks ago, it looked like every single one of the 200 Chinese companies listed in the U.S. were on track to be delisted. Given the uncertainty, it's no wonder that U.S. investors have been hesitant to buy Chinese stocks, and their prices have declined commensurately. The disagreement between the U.S. and Chinese regulators all comes down to accounting, which is not the most exciting topic, but is incredibly important for public companies. All publicly traded companies have their financial statements audited by firms such as PwC and KPMG. Chinese companies are no exception, and the big four accounting firms all have offices in China. But auditors are not perfect. 2,000 years ago, the Roman poet Juvenal asked who polices the policemen. Investors have asked the equivalent question of who audits the auditors. The issue came to a breaking point with the collapse of the American energy company Enron. It turned out that their auditor, Arthur Anderson, rubber-stamped Enron's fraudulent financials up until the firm's bankruptcy in 2001. If the investing public can't trust the auditors, then what's the point of having them at all? In response to the Enron disaster, the U.S. passed the Sarbanes-Oxley Act in 2002, which was aimed at restoring confidence in public company financials. As part of the law, the U.S. created the Public Company Accounting Oversight Board, or PCAOB. This body acts as the auditor's auditor, and makes sure that the accounting firms are doing their jobs. All companies listed on U.S. exchanges are required to submit to PCAOB audits, regardless of where the company is headquartered and for the most part, companies all over the world have complied. But there is one major exception to this, China. The Chinese government didn't take kindly to foreign regulators digging around in their company's accounts. Many Chinese state-owned enterprises listed on U.S. exchanges. They feared that the PCAOB could identify sensitive information with national security implications, so Chinese regulators have prohibited domestic companies from complying with these audits. For the past 20 years, U.S. regulators largely turned a blind eye to this non-compliance. Throughout the 2010s, U.S. investors were hungry to buy a piece of the rapidly growing Chinese economy, and Chinese companies were listing on the New York Stock Exchange left and right. This all changed with the IPO of Luckin Coffee, China's answer to Starbucks. In early 2020, a short seller exposed that a large portion of their sales were fabricated, and the share price fell by 97%. Interestingly, the stock has made a massive comeback since then, and is now only down 15% since its IPO. But regardless, this high-profile fraud case sounded the alarm for U.S. authorities. Soon thereafter, then-President Donald Trump signed into law the Holding Foreign Companies Accountable Act. This law basically said that the U.S. will no longer turn a blind eye to non-compliance with PCAOB audits. The SEC released a list of non-compliant companies that face the prospect of delisting. The list includes every single Chinese company listed in the U.S., including household names like Alibaba, Baidu, Neo, and every other Chinese stock that you can think of. There's a three-year grace period that ends in 2023. If U.S. and Chinese regulators can't come to an agreement before then, the SEC will pull the trigger and mass delist all of them. 
investors have viewed this as a ticking time bomb and has been a significant contributor to the poor performance of Chinese shares. So what happens when a Chinese company is delisted? There are three main ways that Chinese companies can IPO. They can list in mainland China on either the Shanghai or Shenzhen stock exchanges. These listings are called A-shares. Alternatively, they can list on a U.S. exchange with these listings called American Depository Receipts, or ADRs. And finally, they can also list on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, with these stocks being called H-shares. Each route has its own pros and cons. The mainland stock exchanges are large and liquid, but the listing requirements are complex and restrictive. For example, a company must report three consecutive years of net profits before listing, a hurdle that many money-losing tech startups would fail. Also, with limited exceptions, foreign investors are not allowed to directly buy stocks from mainland exchanges. Because of this, the mainland exchanges are dominated by traditional industries and partially state-owned enterprises like banks and industrial companies. The Hong Kong Stock Exchange's listing rules are less onerous, and foreigners can freely purchase shares. However, the trading volume is low, and valuations tend to also be lower than U.S.-listed stocks. If you look at the intraday price chart of even large-cap Hong Kong-listed stocks, you'll see continuous jumps at one-cent intervals. This makes the exchange less popular with large institutional investors, as there simply isn't enough liquidity to buy or sell a large position without unfavorably impacting the share price. Theoretically, the value of a stock is the discounted sum of its future cash flows. Which exchange it happens to trade on shouldn't have any input to this equation. But in practice, the larger the pool of potential investors, the higher will be the stock valuations. And the U.S. wins this contest by a long shot. Between the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ, the U.S. has the largest stock market in the world by far, and is roughly equal in size to the next 10 countries combined. That makes a huge difference for large IPOs. For example, the British semiconductor company Arm is currently planning for an upcoming IPO. As the largest technology company in the U.K., its IPO promised to be a huge leap forward for the country as their stock market is still dominated by old-school industries like banking and insurance. But despite the fact that it is a British company, they've reportedly decided to list on the NASDAQ instead of the London Stock Exchange, as they believe that this will yield them a much higher valuation. For similar reasons, China's technology companies have largely chosen New York over Hong Kong as their venue of choice over the past 20 years. But just because U.S. exchanges were the best option doesn't mean they're the only option. So while delisting is not ideal, it's also not the end of the world. In January of 2021, it was announced that three state-run Chinese telecommunications companies will be delisted from the New York Stock Exchange after U.S. regulators claimed that they had ties to the People's Liberation Army. All of these companies were already dual-listed on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. The U.S. shares were transferred to Hong Kong shares. This does not change the fundamental value of the company, but the share price briefly dipped from the disruption. In anticipation of delisting risk, many U.S.-listed Chinese companies have preemptively dual-listed in Hong Kong. The problem is, most popular exchanges like Robinhood don't support trading in Hong Kong-listed stocks. If a stock is delisted, the position will be marked as closing only, and you won't be able to purchase new shares. They will also stop giving in-app market data. While it is possible to protect yourself from delisting risk, the first best outcome is for delisting to be taken off the table before the 2023 deadline. Unfortunately, it looks like we're finally heading in that direction. On August 26th, U.S. and Chinese regulators struck a deal which promises to keep most Chinese stocks listed on U.S. exchanges. Starting in September, PCAOB officials will be going to Hong Kong to work with Chinese auditing firms. They'll review internal documents to verify financial filings and accounting processes. If these visits are successful, the Chinese companies will be compliant with Sarbanes-Oxley and will not be delisted. So why is China willing to allow this after stonewalling the PCAOB for so many years? 
They came up with a compromise, which will allow most Chinese companies to comply without divulging national security-related data. The large state-owned companies like Sinopec and PetroChina have close ties to the Chinese government by definition and will not be willing to provide adequate disclosures to the PCAOB. But for most individual investors, Chinese technology and electric vehicle companies like Alibaba and NIO are of much greater interest than the old-school state-owned enterprises. If these companies can remain listed, that alone will be a big accomplishment. It's unlikely that NIO's internal accounting policies are of any national security interest. Presumably, there's no reason for the Chinese government to object to them going through an audit. But it's important to note that this agreement is still in the early stages. PCAOB employees will be going to Hong Kong and getting some data they had not had access to in the past. But the disclosures they receive will be carefully managed by their Chinese counterparts, and there is no guarantee they will be satisfied. The Chinese also know this is not yet a done deal, and are hedging their bets by looking at other markets. In July of this year, Chinese regulators fast-tracked the approval process for four Chinese companies to list their shares on the Swiss stock market. But Switzerland's stock market is 1 20th the size of the US stock market and can't support anything close to the same volume of IPOs. At the end of the day, both sides have too much to lose from a complete decoupling of their financial markets. If Chinese companies want to remain competitive with the rest of the world, they need competitive access to capital. And despite their recent COVID headwinds, China is still the fastest growing major economy in the world. This growth has the potential to produce tremendous investment opportunities for US investors. Before the recent delisting concerns and domestic regulatory crackdowns, Chinese technology stocks have been some of the best performers in the world. If all goes according to plan, the delisting fears will be behind us in 2023, and this painful bear market should finally come to an end. You've been listening to the Wall Street Millennial Podcast. Don't miss a minute wherever you go. Wall Street Millennial, signing out.